This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You know Siri, right? We all know Siri. Lady, Alexa, Cortana. I mean, the list goes on. It's kind of interesting if you think about it that by and large, most of these virtual assistants, computer assistants that exist, have the voice, you know, we personify them as female. So why is that? Let's find out. We're going to chat with Jill Fellows, who uh, is a philosophy instructor at Douglas College. Jill, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Hi, thanks for inviting me. You know, it's a question that I never really thought of uh, until this came up. But if you think about it, right, I mean, most of the ones that we know, um, most of the female personas that or the personas that we assign to these, you know, virtual voices, they're all female, right? By and large. Yeah. Um, and, and they were all initially launched as female. So now, of course, in 2022, we have a choice of voices yeah. for the majority of these. Um, I think Alexa just launched in 2021, the male voice option, but all of them, including Siri, who's the earliest one, launched in 2011. They all launched initially as female. And it is, it is curious. And the marketing still largely positions them as female as well, like all the TV advertising and the names and things like that, right? So, so, so what's the thinking here? I mean, why do developers stick to female voices? Do, do they work better? What's the upside? Right. Um, so as you said, we may not have thought about this a whole lot, and I think a lot of people haven't thought about this a whole lot, but of course the designers sure. of these digital assistants have thought about this quite a bit and done a lot of market research. And what I found when I started looking into this is that, yes, they have some claims that um, people prefer female voices for their digital assistants, and so that's why they initially launched as female. At least that's that's what they say when they're challenged on this. Um, but it's kind of interesting because when you look into it, there's a huge background here of a lot of history about how we relate to gendered voices, how we relate to gendered technology um, that I think really informs both people's preferences and the decisions of the designers. And you mentioned science fiction. That's kind of one yeah. touchstone. Um, and there's also quite a large touchstone just in terms of the history of the development of computers themselves. So should we talk about science fiction first, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I think because that's that's our touchstone on all of this stuff, right? Even if you're not really into that world and you're not a developer and stuff, we've all seen the movies and all those sorts of things so that we can relate to that, right? Yeah, um, and that's what I found when I was talking to um, communication specialists and other researchers when I was kind of diving into this, is that a lot of designers know that, especially when Siri was launched in 2011, many of us had never really interacted with a voice-controlled assistant before, and so when we were human beings were trying to figure out, like, what is this thing? Yeah. A lot of people have reached for science fiction. Um, so if you think about science fiction, we have kind of two tropes that we see appear largely in North American science fiction context, in English-speaking context. Okay. And one of the tropes is kind of the subservient female assistant, and you see this in, like, the Star Trek computer, for example, um, or the Jetsons robot, their, their right. little robot maid <laughs> and stuff like that. 
Um, and then the other trope that we have is kind of the scary robot overlord. Yes. Yeah. Like how? Right. Like how? Yeah. Or um, Isaac Asimov's Foundation series gets into this a little bit. And so many of the robot overlords are either not gendered at all um, or they're gendered as male. Whereas in the history, many of the kind of subservient or servant robots in North America are gendered as female. So it kind of made sense, I think, to designers to position our digital assistants initially as female so that we would draw the connection as users to, you know, the friendly, helpful assistant and not the, oh, my God, it's going to kill us all and take over. (laughs) It makes perfect sense. And and if you think about it, it, you're right. I mean, all of the... um... I don't want, I guess they're servants. Would you call Siri more servant-like? Or I'm even thinking, your, you know, your navigation in your car. That's always been a female voice going back to the helpers, I guess, right? And maybe, maybe you're right. That's just sort of, we've somehow, was that a decision to put them into those two camps? Or is that just the way it broke down at the beginning? Right. So this is kind of interesting because the further down this rabbit hole you go, um, I think that there are both conscious and non-conscious decisions happening here. So there are conscious decisions. I found a 1966 movie called Desk Set. And in the movie, IBM funded this movie in 1966. So IBM wanted to make have this movie be made. This movie stars Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. And it stars a computer called Emiak or Miss Emmy. Um, so obviously the computer is gendered as female. And IBM funded this movie, at least in part, to try and address public concerns that computers were going to take all our jobs, kind of this fear of right. automation. So they made a science fiction. Well, it's it's sort of a science fiction. I mean, Emmy can do things that no computer in 1966 could do. But what it mostly is is an office holiday romance uh, between Hepburn and Tracy. And they made this movie intentionally to position this computer as as a helper, as support, right, as an assistant, not as a threatening kind of HAL-type figure, although HAL wasn't a movie at that time. But, yeah, um, so there are some intentional sci-fi choices that have been made, but these intentional choices, I think, are echoing society-wide biases that we see going back much, much further. So the job of computer, and this is kind of the real-world stuff that I alluded to earlier, The job of the computer was a job that by 1940s was done by human beings. We didn't have digital computers. And it was a job that in North America was understood as feminized. So when I say feminized, I'm not saying that like only women did this job. There were men that did this job. But the job was understood in kind of stereotypical ways that aligned with stereotypical understandings of what like women were good at. And I say these are stereotypes. They're not necessarily true, Um, but there are stereotypes, for example, that women were better at attention to detail and patience um, and repetitive routine tasks. And that's, that's what a human computer does. You do calculations all day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they they had these kind of stereotypes that these jobs were well-suited to women under a very essentialist, stereotypical, sexist model of what women were good at. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, sorry, go ahead. I'm just wondering, now that we have the right to change, or not the right, but we have the choice and we have the option to change it, I don't know anybody who has, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, do you think, are we just used to this now? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that I think is really interesting. When we look at this history that we had 
computers that were women, in, and even in terms of, like, deciding about how long a task would take, they would put it in terms of girl hours instead of man hours. Um, and then we see this repeated in science fiction, this idea of the feminization of the helpful machine gets repeated in science fiction. And then again, now in our digital devices like Siri and Alexa, we are kind of repeating biases from the past. We're reinforcing them in our digital technologies. And for a lot of the people I spoke to working at the United Nations um, Research Institute, uh, UNESCO, this is really concerning for them because what it means is that in some ways, these machines are kind of holding us back or slowing slowing progress towards equality down because we reinforce yep. the same kind of stereotypes that existed like in the 1940s. <laughs> and so we have a choice. And I like, awesome. I think we should have a choice. Um, Siri just launched a gender neutral voice in February 2022. And that's amazing. But there is more, I think, that that tech companies could be doing. Like, why is the initial rollout always female? Always, and this yeah. even includes robots like Sophia, right, um, who's been making waves all over the place right now, is, a, again, a feminized machine. And I think we really need to be thinking about what kind of biases we are reflecting back to ourselves when we make these digital tools. It is such a great point, Jill, that I had never thought of. Um, but you're right. You're absolutely right. I appreciate you being here today so much. Thank you. Hi, it's Shauna. And I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan. And I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.